This is Tom Elliott, and last time on the Twilight Zone podcast, a listener called John alerted us to an episode of a show called Theatre 5 that broadcast in 1964 an episode that was quite similar to the Twilight Zone, Five Characters in Search of an Exit. So I thought, why not put it in as a little extra? So here it is, Theatre 5 with... Five Strangers. Theater Five presents Five Strangers. Look at Thank it. You. I beg your pardon. Are you speaking to me? Uh, oh, uh, no. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's this rotten weather. Mm. I've been here at the airport for nine hours waiting for it to lift. Yes, I saw you when I arrived. Look, uh, haven't I seen or met you somewhere before? And of course. <laughs> Baines Cosmetics. You're Deborah Baines. That's right. Yes, I remember now about the newspaper story. It... Uh, Concerns your new line in cosmetics, right? Well, it's a little more than that. You see, I've been negotiating with another leading cosmetics firm for, um... Well, I really shouldn't be discussing it. Oh, I understand perfectly. But it, uh, it must be pretty important. Well, it's extremely important. In fact, a great deal depends upon my arriving in Chicago before 9.30 in the morning. Well, that makes two of us, Miss Baines. My deadline is 10 o'clock. Huh? After that, things are sure to get pretty sticky. If this fog doesn't lift soon, I don't like our chances. Oh, can't we do anything about it? I'm afraid not. Uh, uh, by the way, my name is Monroe. Stephen Monroe. Oh, not Stephen Monroe Enterprises. Uh-huh. Well, now it's my turn to be impressed. I've heard quite a lot about you, Mr. Monroe. Uh, don't you believe more than half of it? <laughs> Which half? Well, the half I hope they believe. They? Yeah, the two over there on the bench. The old man and the, um, the lady. <laughs> Did you say lady? Yes. She does seem a bit overpainted, doesn't she? With Bane's cosmetics, I trust. <laughs> People like them are very important to us, Miss Baines. They buy your cosmetics and my, um... Schemes? I prefer to say, buy my dreams. Oh, come now. Shouldn't you say pipe dreams? Now, I don't mean that in a nasty way, Mr. Monroe, but you must admit that most of the companies you float have a way of suddenly going bankrupt. True, but on the other hand, you must also admit that everything I do is completely legitimate. Ah, tricky, but legitimate. We both have to skirt corners a little bit, don't we, Miss Baines? Do we? As an example, let's take your deal with Antoine Laboratory Products. Since the consummation of that deal, Antoine's stock has gone down to precisely nothing, but Baines' stock has doubled in value. 
I salute you on that one. Thank you. And I imagine that if you keep your appointment in Chicago, Bain's stock will soon show another raise. Well, I'm not in business to lose money. No, nor I. You know, when you think about it, we're very much alike. I think I'll accept that as a compliment, Mr. Monroe. <laughs> I'm pleased that you do. However, I wonder what the public, represented by those two people over there, I wonder what they'd think if they knew the truth about us. Ah, there's the rub. I'm quite sure we won't let them learn. Ah, you're so right. The way I see it, Miss Baines, there are two kinds of people in this world. Mm -hmm. The winners and the losers. Our two friends over there are the losers. Well, yet you must admit they have a certain amount of determination. Why do you say that? Well, there are only the four of us left in here in the waiting room. And a few hours ago, there were scores of people. I wonder where it is that they're so anxious to go. And why? You know, one thing is certain. What's that? They're not together. I haven't seen them speak to each other yet. Oh, but they will, Mr. Monroe. The losers of this world need company. They have a kind of herd instinct that ultimately brings them together. This waiting, it, uh, it is not so nice, yeah? <laughs> I can think of better things to do. Oh, no doubt. Let me see... I have been here now for more than three hours. Mm, Beautiful-looking watch. Oh, thank you. You know, at one time, people took great pride in owning pocket watches like this, entirely handmade, carefully and lovingly made. Yeah, but now, when everybody's life is actually old by time, people buy watches that come out of machines, like Frankfurters. No, <laughs> oh, many of the watches are very, very good, but uh, it is not the same. Are you a watchmaker? Yeah, uh, yes. Ever since I am a young man in Europe. Uh, but now I am an American citizen for 35 years. Yeah. Thirty-five years, but I do not lose the way of speaking or even sometimes of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must excuse me. I introduce myself. I am Felix Crumb. And I'm Sally. Sally Dowd. It is a pleasure to meet you, Sally. I hope you do not mind my talking to you like this. No, not in the least. Talk away, Mr. Cram. Uh, good. <laughs> Helps to pass away the time, yeah? Oh, yes. <laughs> ah, time. Time has been my whole life. Uh, that is why I wish to fly to Chicago. There's a watchmaker's convention tomorrow. There are not many of us left who keep the old ways, but we do our best. Yeah, I'm sure you do. How nice of you to say that. How very nice. Uh, but now we talk about you, yeah? Oh, well... There isn't very much to talk about, Mr. Cram. What? No, no, that I do not believe. No, no. You are a most pretty woman, a nice person. We all have something to say, loved ones to think about, to tell others about. Nope, you're drawing a blank this time. Blank? Loved ones to talk about. They're not in stock at the moment. You have no family? That's right. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean no, no, to... No, no, it's, it's all right. Uh, don't let it keep you from taking out your photographs. Huh? 
<laughs> How did you know? Oh, just a guess, Mr. Cram. Well, I would like to show you one photograph. Here. This, this oh. is a picture of my family. Yeah, it's a very nice family, Mr. Cram. We get together a few times a year. This photograph was taken during the last family gathering at Christmas time. Uh, Sally? Yeah? You look so tired. I was born tired. It is not of my business, but where are you going? Well, I'm trying to go to Chicago. You have work there? Well, I... No, 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 do not answer. I am an inquisitive old man who asks far too many questions. I'll tell you something, Mr. Cram. You know, it's a nice change to have someone interested enough in me to, to ask questions. I am sure that many people are interested in you. Yeah, but for the wrong reasons. You see, Mr. Cram, I'm what you might call a, an entertainer. You, you, you sing? Well, I, I dance, you might say. Oh, that must be very exciting, that kind of life. Have you been on TV, Sally? I don't do that kind of dancing. Oh, 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 the fog seems thicker, if anything. I have never seen such a fog. It's like smoke from a fire. If I had known about this fog, I'd have taken a train this afternoon. Yeah, well, it's too late for that now. There must be some way to get there. If I don't arrive in Chicago by 9.30 in the morning, I'd stand to lose a fortune. What about me? I've planned this move for months. I'd have been there yesterday if it hadn't been for a sudden business deal. Ladies and gentlemen. Listen. The latest weather report predicts widespread fog conditions to prevail over the eastern and central portions of the country for at least the next seven hours. Oh. Oh. High winds are expected to reach the Chicago area by mid-morning. These winds from the west will undoubtedly disperse the fog. And Chicago... Mid-morning. But it might just as well be next September. The weather report could be wrong. Let's face it, Miss Baines, we've had it. Well, I'm not going to give up. Neither am I. But all we can do is sit and wait and hope for a miracle. I'd give almost anything to get to Chicago. How much is that in cash, lady? What? I said, how much is that in cash? I don't see how my business concerns you. Well, the point is it could. You see, I represent Toger's Independent Air Service. Maybe you've heard our motto. We fly anywhere, if the price is right. I've never heard of your company, Toger. Well, usually we carry only freight. Do you have an aircraft available for a flight to Chicago? That's why I'm here, Monroe. Oh, you know me, eh? Of you. How do you get a clearance in this fog? I don't need a clearance. I operate from a field about ten miles from here. And you'd be willing to fly even in this weather? Well, if you don't mind flying in a DC-3. Are you a qualified pilot? (laughs) Now, look, I was listening to you two. I know how badly you want to get to Chicago. All right, I can fly you there. The rest now is entirely up to you. How much do you want for the trip, Mr. Tover? 
Well, a few minutes ago, you said you'd give almost anything. I'd still like to know how much that amounts to in cash. Well, I'm willing to give you $500. Right now, I'm bartering with the lady, Monroe. I'm sorry, but 500 is not enough. Make it 1000 you got a deal. I have no choice. I'll pay you the $1,000. Fine. I'll have you in Chicago before 9 in the morning. Well, how about me? Well, how about you? Well, I'll throw in $500. I'll tell you what, Monroe. You just wave that 500 bucks in the air and see if it'll fly you to Chicago. Now, see here. As far as I'm concerned, Monroe, you can walk. All right. All right, Toger. $1,000. Now you can fly. Um, pardon me? Yeah? I'd like to get to Chicago, too, but $1,000... Uh, how much do you have? You'd laugh if I told you. Is it more than 50 Yes. Well, that's my price, 50 What? You're charging her only $50? Uh, that's the tourist rate. You're first class. But don't get me wrong, Monroe. When I say first class, I'm talking about the rate. Uh, by the way, uh, I collect my fares in advance. I don't like your attitude, Toger. Now... Well, there's nothing at all that I like about you. Now, just pick up your luggage and shut up before I change my mind about taking you. Mr. Toger, what about my friend here, Mr. Cram? He'd like to come along, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have room for me, too, Mr. Toga? Do you have $50? Yes. Then let's go. Toga? Uh-huh. What is it? Uh, do you mind if I come forward? No, come on. Matter of fact, I can use the company. Yeah, sit down. Oh, right there. Be hey. my co-pilot. Uh, there's uh, coffee in that thermos. Help yourself. You can finish it. Oh, thanks. Mmm. <clears throat> Hot coffee. Yeah. Hey, uh, you must be cold in that thin outfit you're wearing. Well, it's not the cold as much as it was the company back there. Oh? Yeah, Mr. Cram went to sleep. I was left with the other two. The con man and the cosmetics lady, huh? Oh, I knew about Deborah Baines, of course. She's always in the papers. But he's new to me. Uh, he isn't to me. My father invested money in one of Monroe's companies. The company folded. It was a setup from start to finish. My father had one major failing. Yeah? He trusted people. And you don't. <laughs> well, you notice that I collected my fares before we took off. What I noticed mostly was how you enjoyed taking Monroe's money. Yeah, yeah. It was exactly $1,000 that my father invested in his company. Yeah, but you charged Deborah Baines $1,000, too. Well, that was for associating with Monroe. Oh. <laughs> Soupy out there, isn't it? Couldn't get any soupier. How are we doing? Better than I expected. Hey, uh... You must be pretty anxious to get to Chicago to fly through this stuff in an old DC-3. Oh, I've got a job waiting for me. Oh? At the Paradise Club. Oh. Ah, you've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. What kind of a job? Dancer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe I should have said strip teaser. Well, that's dancing. <laughs> you must be joking. There are worse ways to make a living. Yeah, I know. Believe me, I know. Say, uh, that old fellow back there. Oh, Mr. Cram? Yeah. He likes you. I mean, in a nice kind of a way. 
And I figure he's a pretty good judge of character. <laughs> well, it's a new line. Funny thing is, I, I think I mean it. Hey, you're making a pass at me. Of course. A serious pass. As a matter of fact, I'm going to watch your debut at the Paradox. And I promise you, not once will I ask what a nice girl like you is doing in a place like that. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Toger, it's cold back there. You have any blankets? No. Well, shouldn't this plane be heated? Well, cargo doesn't need heating. What's in that thermos bottle? Well, there was some coffee, Mr. Monroe, but I finished it. Where are we, Toger? 9,000 feet above the ground, halfway to Chicago. Now, why don't you just go back where you belong? Well, she's here, isn't she? At my invitation. I wonder why. Well, listen, you stink. It's all right, Mr. Toger. I don't mind. I grew up on talk like that. Runs off my back like water off a stuff. Hey, what's what's that? Huh? Oh, it's just the uh, starboard engine. I'll have to feather the prop. Don't worry. One engine will do the job. Hey, that engine's on fire. It's burning. What? Listen, both of you, get back with the others. Lie down on the floor. Brace yourselves against something. I'm taking her down. Mr. Cram, are, uh, are you all right? Uh, yes, Sally, I, I think so. Miss Baines, Monroe? We're still in one piece, Toga. No thanks to you. All right. Mr. Toga, over there. Yeah, yeah, uh, I see it. Yeah. A light. All right, everybody. All right. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Hello. Hello, anybody in there? For heaven's sake, try the door. It's yeah, freezing on. cold. All right. Yeah. Oh. What, a, what a strange place. It's absolutely bare. Empty. Just the door and one window. Mr. Cram, hmm? I, are you sure you're all right? Yes. Just a little tired, maybe. Well, why, why don't you sit down and rest, huh? No, my dear... I think I will stand here by the window with Mr. Toga. Uh, stay with us, Sally. Aye. Here. Hold my hand. Yes. Oh, a touching sight. Well, enjoy yourself while you can, Toga, because you're in real trouble. That aeroplane of yours should have been condemned. We were fools to let you talk us into that flight. I didn't have to talk you into anything. You practically begged to come aboard. I don't think a judge and jury will be concerned about that. You mark my words, Toger. You're in real Mr. trouble. Mr. Monroe, I'm frightened. Now, there's nothing to be afraid of, Miss Baines. All we have to do is wait for a search party to find us. But the light... The light? What are you talking about? This room. It's illuminated. Well, of course it is. But there's no lamp or bulb. Where's where's the light coming from? Well, and I... uh, there's also the crash, Monroe. We plowed straight into that mountain. Now, just look at us. No injuries. Our clothing isn't even soiled. We were spared by a miracle, Toger, but it'll take more than a miracle to keep you out of jail when I'm finished with you. Right now, Monroe, you're the least of my worries. Have a look out there. Eh? Yeah, there. Right through the window. You can see the flames, can't you? Well, there are men out there. Yeah, 
Well, we're, we're saved. Oh, look again. Go on, Monroe. Look. They, s- they seem to be carrying s- something from the wreckage. Five stretchers. One for each of us. I'm scared. So am I. Hold on tight. Well, what does this mean? It means we're dead. You fool. We're dead. We're dead. Yeah. And the question now is, what happens next? Presented Five Strangers, written by Don Herring, produced and directed by Warren Somerville. In the cast, Augusta Dabney, Court Benson, Evelyn Juster, Robert Dryden, and William Redfield. Audio engineer, Neil Pulse. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Blastotsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Ted Bell. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking. This has been an ABC Radio Network production.